So tell me about um, bike politics in LA and what you expect LA, a bike-friendly city. You know, for me personally, the first political act I ever was involved in was around bicycles. Uh, my father and my uncle uh, were big cyclists, and growing up, my uncle um, was one of the activists that wanted to create a veloway, which would have been a uh, cycle, um, a bicycle kind of freeway next to where the freeways were. And so I remember spending many weekends with him, licking envelopes, sending out letters, and trying to get people to buy off on, probably looking back on it wasn't the, the best idea because nobody wants to cycle behind all the exhaust of a freeway. But um, it certainly got me engaged in the possibility in a city that feels so spread out but can be a great bicycle town because we are horizontal and because we have hills and we have ocean and the best topography probably of any city but we really have done very little to nurture a bicycle culture and a bicycle infrastructure. So, good answer. So you have uh, biking in your jeans? I, I have some biking in my jeans, yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. I used to uh, go out with my dad on rides, and um, I enjoy riding in the city. Um, when I was a student, um, I, I've lived in other countries where people are much more uh, aggressive cyclers and where um, there was a real bicycle rights movement. Um, for instance, I went to graduate school in Oxford, and it was after bicyclists shut down the city center in Oxford uh, that that town got serious about closing down some streets to, um, to vehicles uh, besides buses. And um, it was a great way to encourage cycling. And I loved being able to get around that beautiful town just staying on a bicycle. And it was definitely something that I brought back with me when I came back home to L.A. Hmm. Okay, so now what kinds of things have you been involved with in terms of has there have there been uh, has there been legislation that's made biking easier in LA? Or yeah, we, we've been very aggressive in my district. I mean, a council member first and foremost kind of um, is in charge of his or her district. And in Council District 13, which is the heartland of LA, it's Hollywood, East Hollywood, Little Armenia, Thai Town, Silver Lake, um, historic Filipino town, Echo Park, Glassell Park, Atwater Village. We've got some of the um, the highest concentration of cyclists and cyclist activists as well. So um, for me, it's been trying to lay down, first of all, dedicated uh, bike lanes. We were able to do that on Silver Lake Boulevard. Um, we are able to do that in places like Myra Avenue. And also, it's been a dream of mine. I grew up in the valley and mm -hmm. used to love bicycling on um, the Sepulveda Dam area and the, the flood basin there to continue that L.A. River connector to be able to go all the way from the valley to downtown. So the biggest extension of that bike path was a real high priority. We finally, finally uh, broke ground and we'll finish up next year that extension that will take us throughout Water Village to the edge of the cornfields and, and Chinatown. Wow, that's going to be great. So. But, I've, but I also believe this should be comprehensive citywide uh, changes. And I've tried to focus on um, how we can get there to be a seismic shift in our Department of Transportation, which still sees bicycling as, as a peripheral issue, accommodate cars first, maybe pedestrian second, you know, a distant second, and then bicycles are usually an afterthought. When in reality, um, the vehicle code in the state is clear, and the growing um, numbers of people who are bicycling to get around 
uh, should make that a mainstream consideration of all of the studies that we do, all the ways we look at our roads, and the way that we plan our city in the future. So everything from Sharrows, which, uh, you know, we did the first legislation to get those down, and we hope in spring to have the first Sharrows in the city to remind people that regular lanes, you know, need a bike lane because every lane is a bike lane, mm-hmm. um, or looking at uh, ways to better train our police department and others about the sensitivity towards bicyclists. Um, those have been a place that I've em- emphasized as well. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about that, yeah. about about um, training police and education, educating yeah. motorists. Um, I, what do you think about, do you know about the, um, there's a group that's that's formed in response to the bike plan mm-hmm. called the uh, Bike bike Riders, well, it's by the it's by the Bike, the bike Riders Collective. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's the Bike Plan Working Group. Yep. And have you met with them? Have you talked to them? Or? My, st- my staff has. I haven't yet um, personally, but I know a lot of the folks that are part of it. And we've, you know, whether it's been in reaction to accidents that have happened um, or whether it's dealing with just trying to change that, um, that attitude within the Department of Transportation, uh, they've been really important allies. And I think it's great. Uh, the, the bicycle community is probably the best organized political group in the city after homeowners. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, in the past, L.A. politics has really been about Uh, articulating what we're against and what we want to kill and the project that we want to downsize or things we don't want to see. Um, And one of the nice and uplifting things about bicycle politics in Los Angeles is that it is a proactive and an optimistic movement. It's it's trying to reimagine the city in a positive way, saying I'm not just going to turn out to say what I'm against with 300 other people angry and yelling. We're going to actually do the very difficult work of re-engineering um, the city. And so I think it's great that the collectives come together um, as the people's voice in this process, mm-hmm. or one of the people's voices. So what else would you like to see in terms of improvements in making bike the more friendly, the city more bike-friendly? I'd like to see a lot of things. I'd like to see, first and foremost, um, more uh, bike-friendly employer policies. I'd like us, you know, in the city, we tried to, we won an award from the MTA for putting for the city employees, which is 40,000 people, the first bicycle lockers and showers for use so that people could actually commute to work. I could commute to work even though I live just in Echo Park. By the time you get to work and you're you're sweating, uh, you don't want to put the suit right on and and start working. Um, And I think we need to have more to incentivize, maybe even tax credits, other things for employers that do provide bike-friendly environments for their employees. Secondly, I'd like to see us continue to remind and to change um, our regulations around the existing roads and how bicycles can um, and should stay on them that we need to make sure if whether it's in a defensive way to make sure our police officers know those rules and regulations or that our drivers which is i think the most important piece that we could do we have so many uninformed drivers right now who don't know that the state law is that these are lanes that they have to share and i'd like to see you know the money that we spend on those bus ads and on our public service announcements really educating people out there because i think it'll protect our bicyclists but it'll also encourage a lot of people who don't want to get on a bicycle because they think it's unsafe in in the city today or have seen the stories and and have seen accidents um, to actually stay home i mean stay away from their car and leave their car at home for even a day or two a week you know, change in Los Angeles isn't going to come from turning every driver into a cyclist or a uh, public transit user. It will change with each one of us giving up one of those car trips each week. And if we get an entire city to say, okay, this is the one day a month um, that we're going to do that, that's how we change things. And it's what I've tried to do with my own office, which is I mandate everybody, you know, once a week needs to carpool, take transit, bicycle, or walk, you know, um, to, to come to work. And in doing that, we can begin to change the city. Um, and, I, you know, so, so you have... Yeah, you you have a really progressive situation over there, huh? Yeah, we great great cyclists. Uh, 
Marcel, uh, who's just behind my shoulder, the viewers can't see him, but uh, I mean the listeners can't see him, but he, he's, a, he's a handsome man just behind me. He uh, is um, an avid cyclist, didn't have a car until recently. Uh, Helen Lerng, who is my Hollywood deputy, who worked really uh, aggressively on everything from um, the, the, the bicycle um, facility we're going to have at, at Hollywood and Western, which is one of the subway stops where people can then leave their bikes and do something like what we've seen in Long Beach, um, or our new uh, bike rack designs that fit into the urban landscape and get people excited about that. I've been very lucky to be surrounded by cyclists who share my vision in the office, too. All right, cool. Um, I feel like my questions are kind of lame, and, and I, w I, I want to call my co-host. Yeah, don't worry. Because Jim C., who, yeah. who runs Orange 20 Bikes, yeah. I don't know if you know it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I can talk really about some of the specifics on the, um, yeah, on the bike plan, too, if you want to get into some of those things, like unproposed bike lanes versus potential, I mean, you know, all the mileage and different ways of looking at stuff. Uh, okay. What do you want? I'm going to uh, um, ask Jim C. if he has a question for you real quick. And then Ciclo specifics of the bike plan. Ciclovia. Yeah. Yeah. So. Getting people to get involved. Okay. He's so, yes. So, so the, bike, the, bike, uh, the bicycle plan has some great things in it. Um, one of which is important to me is as we get public comment, and I'd be interested in the um, activist community here in Los Angeles chiming in, is the difference between potential and proposed bike lanes. Potential bike lanes are ones that, you know, about uh, 180 miles worth uh, of lanes that are pretty much ready to go right now. They're existing bike lanes that don't need to be restriped, but they are, are um, streets that are bike friendly already. Um, Fourth Street, for instance, and places where we don't have, um, you know, anything that indicates that this is for bicycles, either road signs, sharrows on the on the lanes themselves, or something else that would begin to encourage bicyclists to use those streets, and help the drivers who are in that area know that that's a place to expect bicyclists. Having um, what's called the potential bike lanes are, is a place where you'd have to actually stripe things, take away um, car lanes. That can be done really nicely in certain areas, um, what's called a road diet, you know, which is when you take four lanes or three lanes and take one off of them, and then you, you have your bike, uh, dedicated bike paths on both sides. Silver Lake Boulevard is a great example of that. And everybody was up in arms when that was proposed, saying, you know, I need to get through that with my car. People actually liked that it calmed the car traffic as well as, you know, provided something for um, the bicycles. But I think that's going to be really important for people to chime in because in San Francisco, when they went more aggressively towards um, paths that were dedicated bike paths with the, the lanes actually striped out, there was a challenge to them. And that, you know, put them behind two years because they had to do environmental impact reports. You had communities all chiming in overall what's the impact on cars. Whereas today, if we can just retrain people in the existing places and say, this is where we want to direct bicycle traffic, I think we can be up and running this coming year. And 2010 can be, you know, the year of the bicycle in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also love to see, and one thing that wasn't in the bike plan was Ciclovia, which, you know, we saw in Colombia and other places where we do have some parts of the city we can close down uh, on the weekends and just make them car-free and let them people walk and bicycle on these. We have them kind of unofficially on all these, you know, midnight rides and things like that. Mm -hmm. But to be able to do that in a dedicated way, do that during the daytime too, so it isn't just, you know, um, those of us who are in our 20s and 30s who kind of are part of one particular bicycle community, but you have little kids and families and seniors, right. that really is going to transform uh, taking this from something that is growing in strength to a completely mainstream movement. Okay. So. Um, can I have... Stephen, yeah, ask you sure, a couple questions, absolutely. including, including um, 
you know, what can, and you can sit here because I'm going to be right back. Okay. Including, like, what can the listener, the average listener do yeah. or any tips that you have? Sure. Who they can get in touch with, where they can run. Okay. Like you got it. Right <laughs> yeah, so what can the average listener do? Really a question. <laughs> The average listener, um, you know, there's probably three groups of people in Los Angeles. Those who are really um, avid cyclists who use um, the bicycle to get to work or who aggressively uh, recreate with bicycles. There's the occasional cyclists, and then there's people who know how to ride a bike probably but haven't been on a bike in years and uh, are scared to even get on one in Los Angeles. I think there's roles for all three um, classes of folks to play. For the, for the activist bicyclists, you have the knowledge that the city needs to know. And the public comment period on the plan, which will be open till January, um, let us know in written form, send us a tape, come to any of the hearings, but give us that input so that we can show um, all the experience that people have. We can show that to our city planners um, in our Department of Transportation and say, here's some great things people loved, here's some things they didn't like, um, and here's some new ideas. For the occasional cyclist, I think it's important for those folks really to, to stand up and be heard, too, um, because those are the people who could really be the difference between this being seen as a fringe issue and a majoritarian issue. And for me, um, I think, again, it gets back to what I was saying, that people are so good at, our, at saying what they're against. You know, I've heard people complain about drivers. I've heard people complain about bicyclists. Instead of us figuring out how can we coexist and how do we do that in, in a really healthy way. So it's important to hear those public comments, but it's also important for us to publicize to the occasional rider um, great new things that are happening in the city. When a new street like Meyer Avenue opens up or when we have a planning grant in my own district in East Hollywood, which is kind of the epicenter of bicycle activism, um, on Virgil Avenue where we're going to be able to maybe do a road diet. We want those occasional cyclists to also be involved in the planning so that they feel like, hey, I did something that leads me to be more encouraged to be on a bike. For the person who's totally scared out there, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to talk to them. Talk to a neighbor. Talk to somebody who um, is a coworker, and say, hey, have you ever thought about getting back on a bicycle and what would it take? And I think for all of us, if we can be the messengers of letting people know we do have miles of dedicated bike lane, that it is a great way to, to be healthy but also to get around, and then that there are um, a lot of changes that will be made in this next year or two, they can chime in and maybe be part of this transformation in the city. So. Sounds like you've given it a lot of thought. And a you're, uh, you're what we want in a politician. Um, do you see many uh, other city council people, city council persons, seem similarly to, to be catching on with the cycling, uh, the, the benefits of cycling and the positive. Uh, uh, Sir, sure, is that right? Oh, turning? Huh? Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, sorry. Positive. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Oh, Jesus. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Nice to meet you, too. Great to be at school. Absolutely. Julie Wong in my office. Coach Varsity coach? Yes, sir. All right. Very well. How are you guys doing? We are we, we on the right track this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's still I recording. Jump in? Maybe I'll react. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So um, uh, if we'd be lucky if uh, the majority of the city council was half as progressive as you, uh, are there other city councilors who you find sharing your views or who – are there thoughts on how to get more of them to share your enthusiasm for biking? You know, I, I think we've reached the tipping point. Um, this was much more of a fringe issue um, 10 years ago. It's kind of like the Los Angeles River. Um, 
you know, for a few of us, the revitalization of the Los Angeles River was something that was seen, you know, peripheral. There's always a council member or two who are saying, but they were dreamers. Now it's difficult to get elected in L.A. City if you're not for revitalizing Los Angeles River, and it's very much, no pun intended, seen as a mainstream issue. But uh, we have, I think, similarly with bicycles now, people falling over themselves to be a bicycle leader in the council. I mean, I love it when we talk about this. Um, we had a group of activists who came down after one of the accidents that happened downtown where there was a poor response from, they believed, you know, the police department. And, um, you know, I think seven or eight different council members stood up and said, you know, this is wrong, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And it was um, it was more than lip service. They followed up, they, they talked to LAPD, they've talked to the traffic division in the police department. Um, they want to change the way courts look at bicycle accidents, not as just, you know, somebody falling, but, you know, potentially losing their life. Um, and I've seen great motions and legislation introduced by Councilmember Rosendahl, Councilmember Reyes, uh, Councilmember um, um, Smith. I've seen... Um, also has been very active. Uh, Councilmember Gruel, um, who's now our city controller, uh, was very good on this issue. Um, uh, yeah, Councilmember Alarcon as well. So I think I think it's transcending neighborhoods, um, which is great. Which it means that bicyclists have allies around the city geographically, um, and. In some ways, I think the city council is more progressive right now than our Department of Transportation. We've got some great allies, but we've got a lot of people who are still kind of pushing papers, old engineering, streets are for cars, bicycles are the afterthought. I really look forward to the Department of Transportation hiring increasingly in years to come those people who can implement for us and who know that bicycles are on equal footing as cars. Yeah. Yeah. There are some cities around the country that have been uh, beginning to hire bicycle czars, mm -hmm. very progressive ones. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Well, we do have somebody who's kind of a bicycle czar, Michelle Maury, who's um, in the Department of Transportation. And, you know, she was kind of by herself for all these years, you know, putting together maps of where we could have bicycle lanes and where we could have uh, dedicated bikeways. Um, and I think finally she feels a lot less isolated. I'd like to see that position, though, empowered more than it is. It's still seen within the department and by the city as a specialty area. You know, it's kind of like environmental work. The day we get to no longer having a green movement is the day that we've succeeded. When people just do uh, energy conservation and build buildings the right way and uh, conserve water because it's just mainstream, it's the thing that we're supposed to do. Um, when we no longer have to have a bicycle czar, I think that's going to be a better day because it'll mean that we have a Department of Transportation that cares for people in the city no matter what mode of transport they have. And I think the passage of Measure R showed that people are willing to tax themselves for different ways of getting around. The people in Los Angeles don't want to just buy that single person in a single passenger car by themselves culture. It's not working. It's reached the limit. We need it to be one of the modes for all of us. I mean, there, there's no way around that. But it shouldn't be the only mode. And there's certainly been a lot of bad air, bad traffic, and bad decisions uh, linked around that. So what the listener can do or should do and... and Actually, we do kind of asked that question. Yeah, we covered that. I'd give a shout out to the bicycle activists of East Hollywood. Um, it is Bicycleville. And um, we're going to get those sharrows up on Fountain Avenue. It's going to be the first street in L.A., hopefully by the spring. Um, keep that activism. Keep pushing. Um, and I'd love to dedicate an area that is known as, you know, some sort of bicycle or cycle area. But a shout out to the heart of the activist community and to all our, our midnight riders as well. Cool. And why do you ride a bicycle? 
ride a bicycle for my health, uh, to get around, to reduce traffic, reduce pollution, um, and to see my city. Can't see it from a car, but you see it on a bike. Cool. What kind of bike do you ride? Uh, mountain bike. I've trekked mountain bike. Yeah. Thank you very much. Gives me a little more exercise than a road bike. And, and with the potholes, you need it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.